You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 80 and today I have a super interesting episode about uh, neuromarketing and neuroscience, which is way off track of what we normally talk about, but I uh, just am so excited to talk to Mike about this. Mike Vulcan, thank you for joining me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Man, uh, when when we spoke about this topic, I know there are a few other ideas thrown around, like uh, you know, client getting clients and stuff like that. And I know mm-hmm. those kind of topics are more, um, I guess, concrete for people to go, oh yeah, like I want to get more clients. But yeah. this topic, I feel, is just super interesting, and that's why uh, I I felt like we should talk about this. So you're a certified neuromarketer. Tell me I a am? bit about that. Yeah, neuromarketing is such an interesting uh, field. Neuroscience is an interesting field. It's the study of the brain and why it works the way it does. But uh, neuromarketing goes into a, like a subset of that. And uh, it studies why people make decisions the way they make decisions, especially buying decisions. And that's, um, you know, there's, there's several characteristics on what neuromarketing goes into. But in a whole, that's what it is. Wow. Okay. So... Does this require study, like uh, some kind of study? It does, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, everybody's got a certain level of understanding uh, about like how they sell, especially from an agency owner. I mean, when I when I owned an agency for many years, um, one of the things I quickly realized is that instead of doing marketing, I did mostly selling. So I had to get really good at selling or the rest of my agency would suffer. So uh, I learned a lot about selling, which you do pick up uh, a little bit of neuromarketing when you learn selling. But Ultimately, neuromarketing is a is a whole field of study on its own. Yeah, wow. I, earlier, you mentioned neuroplasticity, and that made me think of a book I read a long time ago. I think it's like the brain that changes itself, or something like that. Something like that, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that? Are we talking about the same thing? Yes. Um, although that particular book, which you're referring to, is um, is more along the lines of um, of what you're capable of in terms of your brain and and uh, you know what what you can do and what you can't do. What we now know about the brain and neuromarketing, and essentially is uh, specific to marketing. Uh, it's right. a, a subset of that. So. Yeah, like it was. There was um, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Um, yeah. I'll link that up in the show notes. But that book was just super interesting for me. Like uh, just the way I guess our brains develop and and how uh, the, the how's it go the the neurons that fire together wire together, wire together. or something. Yep. Yeah, so yep. like that's a common saying in the, in the neuroscience field. Sure, I studied yeah. neuroscience in two thousand in grad school, and actually most of everything I remember about that class is completely inaccurate now. <laughs> now that we know. Uh, how to specifically test. I mean, we've got tests now where you hook up, you know, uh, pads with electricity up to people's brains and we can measure certain activities and what fires in the brain and what doesn't, how neural pathways are created. And that's really the study of neuroplasticity is, uh, is understanding neuro, basically your brain and plasticity is in a form, in a sense, plastic. Your brain isn't plastic, but it molds and shapes like plastic does. And, you know, in grad school, I, 
was taught that your brain develops up until about 13 or 18 years old, somewhere in that area, and then it stops. And then your only goal as a human being is to make it not decay until the day you die. <laughs> but we now know that's completely false. Um, your brain changes and wires and fires new neurons throughout your entire life. Wow. So I guess the main thing we need to get into at some point in this chat is how this is like practically, like yeah. why wouldn't entrepreneurs care about this, right? Like right. it was all well and good to have this chat. So, so how can people take advantage of, of all of this? And yeah, um, there's some general practices an entrepreneur can do to understand how powerful their brain really is, but not, not just that from a day-to-day -day application, you as an entrepreneur, uh, can learn to increase your focus, increase your productivity, increase your efficiency by doing a few things. These are now, very, very important topics, topics to yeah. me, by the way. Like I'm always banging on about productivity and focus. So like that, that is exactly why I wanted yeah. to have this chat because yeah. I think a lot of people struggle in all these areas. I, I'm in the sort of digital nomad community and, mm -hmm. and I've been traveling with people and trying to do work and just the amount of like, the lack of focus I see in some people and the lack of productivity just blows my mind. Um, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of people that can uh, benefit from this and I am really looking forward to implementing something. Yeah. I'm super into like making your life as efficient as possible. Cause what I can do in a day, I mean, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you like now that I know what I know about focus and productivity, what I do in a day beats what I can do in a two week period before I started studying all this stuff. Like That's I'm cool. so much more productive and focused. So I'll give you like the number one tip I could give you. It might seem obvious, but until you understand the explanation, you, you'll understand why. Number one thing you can do to increase the neuroplasticity, your focus, your productivity, your efficiency is get sleep. Um, mm -hmm. As a serial entrepreneur, I've built and sold several companies. I used to think it was cool to stay up all night and try to bring a market, uh, try to try to bring a product or service to market as fast as possible and sell that company within a couple of years. You know, that was my my passion. And I didn't realize I didn't take advantage of sleep as much as I should. Uh, your brain needs sleep to reset itself and, and create those connections. That's uh, vital for memory and vital for learning. And when you sleep, you're actually giving yourself an investment in time, which is so much more important than an investment in money. Uh, so you could sit there all day. I remember when I was in college, I would sit there on my bed and just read a book and study. And at the end of eight hours, be like, I don't think I you know, recall, can recall anything I just read in the last eight hours. Cause I was just, I was sitting there all day, like relaxed and I didn't get any sleep the night before, you know, I was at a club or something trying to party. Um, but now I know like the proper way to do it. You might've heard the Pomodoro technique, right? Mm -hmm. It's a common technique where you study for 45 minutes on and, or learn for 45 minutes on and then five minute break. And then every fourth session of that 45 on five off, 45 on five off, you take a 30 minute break. Okay. And what you can do is you can download like a Chrome extension. There's a Pomodoro timer. There's a few of them. You and go, you go a lot more hardcore than me and most people. I think it like a lot of people do 25, five, I think. Yeah. Well, it takes a while to build up to 45. At first yeah. I was just doing seven minutes on five minutes off. Like I wow. was just testing it out. <laughs> you can't just start off. It's like going to the gym and trying to bench 300 pounds. You just don't start off benching 300 pounds. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta build your way up to it. So what I did was every week I just made a goal to increase it two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's what you do. Just download a Chrome extension, uh, Pomodoro technique that'll get your, your, um, your day way more productive. Um, the other thing is to stand up. You see how we're both sitting down right now? Yeah. I often, I often actually stand up while doing podcasts depending on yeah. my energy level, but yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. a little, little buzzer that goes up and down. Yep. <laughs> you oh, can you see go. me Great. moving up and down on if you're watching it's this bad podcast video. conversation but yeah we, <laughs> <Who cares? laughs> 
<laughs> I have a stand-up desk as well. Uh, but honestly, standing up is what really ignites those um, those connections in your neurons and it really sparks a lot of creativity and focus. Wow. Okay. That is, that is interesting. Cause I've definitely been lazier at the standing up thing mm-hmm. lately. Um, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure about the benefits, like whether it was working for me and like between like gym, I was getting like a sore back and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to chill and sit down for a bit, but that is definitely going to kick my ass into gear. And I'm going to start standing up again. I also love that you just gave us a, um, a license to nap. Well, I assume <laughs> yeah. when you're talking about sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just quickly jumping back to sleep. Um, uh-huh. cause I had a question. Is there any merit to the, uh, probably not even relevant. I uh, just study, um, to studying before you go to bed to lock it in at, like overnight. Cause I swore by oh. that as a kid. Yeah. Honestly, th- there's no answer to that. The only the answer is to understand flow and how your brain um, is focused. Now, some people are focused right in the morning, like me. You know, I, I wake up, I do my best thinking, my best flow um, is between five and seven in the morning, right? Um, now, it seems ridiculous to a lot of people, but some people I know, especially developers, the ones who just like to code all day, they, they flow 10 o'clock at night to two in the morning. You know, yeah. it's just, it's up, it just depends on your rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there are some studies that suggest that if you go to bed with some kind of headphones in and, um, you're, you're listening to something subliminally, sub, subliminally, is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. it gets in your head and your <laughs> subconscious and you'll be able to remember things better, but I, I have never really experienced that before. Interesting. Yeah. I just remember at school and, and throughout, like throughout high school and university, I'd always study right before bed. Cause I just like swore by yeah. it. I felt like I'd read a bunch of stuff and then in the morning I'd remember it. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's possible. Um, yeah, just uh, just interesting. So uh, we've we've covered like sleep being so important. I think lately everyone is. I feel like I'm hearing that so much lately. Like there was this, like I don't know, period where that like the hustle. Everyone was crapping on about like having to hustle and and like pull yeah. these all nighters. And and now it's like completely pendulum swung the other way. And everyone's talking about making sure you get enough sleep. And I mean, it's pretty clear when you don't get enough sleep. So yeah, um, you know. And sometimes in those on those days, I will actually just go back and have a nap because I know that I'm not going to get anything done. I'll just be staring at my computer. Um, yeah. So it's actually much better to take 25 minutes out of my day to have a nap. Yeah. Um. And then standing up, uh, I love that idea. So, um, is there anything like, should we stand up all day? Should we alternate? Listen to your body. Uh, I'm at the point now, it's just like I mentioned earlier, going to the gym, you'll be able to increase um, your effectiveness of standing up. I used to only stand up every five minutes or so. And just whenever I felt like, eh, it's time to sit down, then I'll sit down. But I won't actually sit down. I have a kneeling chair, which I'm using actually right now. Oh, nice. uh, I rarely, if ever, even sit down during the day because nothing puts your mind at ease more than sitting down. Uh, I walk into, I, you know, I'm a marketing consultant. I'll walk into a lot of my clients' offices and see their employees just kind of leaning back in their chair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're not really into what they're doing right now, and they're about a third of productive as they could be. Um, so I would say just listen to your body. Myself, personally, I like to stand up for about 45 minutes or an hour at a time, uh, especially if I'm on a call with a client. Like if I'm on a discovery call, then I will stand up because I'll be able to interact with them more and uh, be much more collaborative. So uh, I yeah. really don't like to sit down. 
I think it makes like just anecdotally on myself that like I feel like it's made a big difference to my energy level when I podcast. So because this one's in the morning, it's it's currently not even eight o'clock in the morning where I am. Um, I'm generally fine. Like I've had a coffee or two um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. already by before eight o'clock. Um, and but if I do a podcast at like six p.m., my energy's crashing. Like I can't mm-hmm. really deal with it. But if I just set my desk to stand up and come in and I can move around and I like hand gesture more. It absolutely increases my energy level. So I think for calls yeah. and stuff, it's yeah. I like, like I said, that's anecdotal, but um, it sounds like there is some level of science behind this. If you're yeah. saying it. <laughs> yeah. It's been proven through multiple studies. I mean, movement creates uh, creativity, intelligence, productivity, focus, all that stuff. So a sediment, a person who's sedentary and just sitting there um, will just, tend to get relaxed and in the mode of just like, Hey, Hmm. let's go turn on the TV or let's get distracted. Let's procrastinate. And that's uh, the last thing you want to do when you're at work. So, yeah. Well, and then you said movement um, helps with creativity. And I guess that's why like going for a walk is so damn powerful. You know, like sometimes I'll try to go for a walk without headphones, without like, because normally I'd listen to a podcast or something, but I've kind of stopped doing that so that I can let my mind work on stuff when I'm walking. Three of my four businesses that I wound up selling uh, came uh, when I'm either walking or hiking somewhere. Just stuff wow. that pops in your head, you know, of like, hey, this would be a good business. And yeah, rarely, yeah. if ever, does it come, you know, while you're sitting down being distracted doing something else. Yeah, I remember I had a really pressing problem not not that long ago, and we went for a five day hike where I literally couldn't have music on my phone or any of this sort of stuff. And yeah. I mean, to my fiance's uh, annoyance, I basically spent the first day just thinking about this problem that I wanted sorted until I had it. Like I, I yeah. came up with an answer, came up with like a, what I thought was a good solution, and then I was like back to being my normal self. Yeah. But I just couldn't believe it. You know, I've been working on this for weeks, and then <laughs> the hike just helped so much. That's amazing how it just pops in your head. Do you? Now, do you listen to music when you're working? Um, on and off. Yeah, I try to listen to stuff with no lyrics if possible. Okay, that's what I was going to say. The neuroplastic tip there is um, people can't multitask. Less than 1% of 1% of people truly can. It's a, it's a very acquired skill. It's like being born, being able to play the, the piano or something at a high level. Um, multitasking just doesn't exist. It's a false word. So mm-hmm. when it's actually brain switching is what you're doing. So when you have your phone in your desk and you hear your phone go off, you're actually stopping what you're doing and you're, you're answering an email. Um, the only time multitasking truly works is when one of those tasks is subliminal, like driving, for example, something you kind of do automatically, you know, uh, walking, you can walk and check your phone. Um, most people. Mm. Um, so but it's not like you have to stop and then text, you know? So those are the types yeah. of multitask, but not while you're working. Um, but when you're doing, listening to music while working, music without words is the best if you should listen to music at all, um, like classical music. And then music without, a, without rhythm is even better because if the music has a rhythm to it, your brain uses some of its um, capacity to try to pick up the rhythm of that song. No way. Have you heard of Brain FM? Yes. What do you think about that? Is there any um, basis to that? Well, their claims, from what I'm told, um, I, I was a subscriber for a little while. What I'm told, their claims might be a little marketing-based or sales-based. Yeah. Uh, I don't know of any proven studies that have taken their music and been able to increase any brain waves or focus or productivity, but I'm not opposed to thinking that something like that would work because I know now what I know what about the brain and how it operates, um, I... 
would see how it would benefit some people. Yeah, I just my brain immediately went there when you said music with no rhythm because mm-hmm. that's kind of what that is, right? Um, yes. it's it's like weird, strange sounds, yeah. but um, it's most of the creative types. Like my wife is an artist and she has to have music play, but it's music without rhythm, so it kind of gets her in a mode, gets her in the zone, gets her focused. Me, if I hear anything while I'm talking, it's uh, or while I'm working, it's it's game over. Like I, I need quiet. It's something wow. I'm working on, but uh, that's just the way my brain operates. I uh, just. Side note, um, what music doesn't have rhythm other than something that's like built like I brain FM? <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, I think jazz by definition is, is, uh, is, uh, music without rhythm or music on the fly or something like that. A lot. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that listen to jazz, um, while okay. they're working. Interesting. Um, okay. Classical music to some extent. Um, but honestly the, the right answer is music that you don't know. Mm. Uh, it might have a rhythm to it, but you're not familiar with the song. And I guarantee on the flip side of all this, there is someone listening to this right now as they work. Um, I know a lot of people that listen yes. to podcasts while they work, and that absolutely blows my mind. I cannot. Yes. So stop working and listen to the rest of this podcast. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> Speed it up a little bit so you can get through it faster um, yeah. or do something uh, that, what was it? Um, something that works subconsciously or subliminally? Yeah, what? subliminally, yeah while you're listening to the podcast, like walking. Uh, yeah. So one, yeah, I have one more tip for you. Yes, please. We're talking about neuroplasticity, reducing stress. It stress is the number one killer on neuroplasticity. Nothing will ruin your focus and productivity than having stress, especially outside stress. So if you're at work and you have, you know, stress from the spouse or whatever, or kids, um, so what you want to do is mitigate that stress. Uh, a lot of times you don't have control over outside factors of stress, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So what you want to do is you want to control stress in a way that you can do it. And meditation is super, super important. Mindfulness, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you don't do any kind of meditation, at least adopt it five, 10 minutes a day is all it takes. Just that little bit, five or 10 minutes a day of meditation will reduce your stress dramatically. And the better it, it gets better, the more you do it. Yeah. And, um, for people that haven't started yet, um, is there any apps or anything you'd recommend? Like I've used Headspace and Calm just to sort of get an idea of what you're supposed to do for 10 minutes. Um, I use Headspace every day, although, um, I'm not opposed to, if you don't have Headspace or don't want a subscription, anything, um, just do it yourself. It's fun. It's free. It's easy. And you can do it anywhere. Um, all you need is a quiet room and, Two hands, two feet, one brain, and that's it. You so I think with Headspace, you can still do the first 10, mm-hmm. one, 10 for free, I think it is. And that would give you a good base. Like I still, because I don't um, use Headspace. I don't use any apps at the moment. I just sit there. Um, and I use the techniques from those first 10 lessons of Headspace, actually. I was okay. a subscriber for a while as well, but I'm still using the techniques from the first 10 lessons. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did too. Um, and there's there's a ton of apps, but Headspace seems to be the most popular. Uh, I don't know; it's probably their their style of marketing, or uh, maybe they got mm-hmm. an early jump on everyone. But um, their yeah. ten first ten episodes. If you have no idea how to meditate or know the importance of it, uh, Headspace is a really good ten lesson starter pack that's completely free, and it only takes ten minutes a day. So. When do you meditate? First thing in the morning, uh, right before I, ideally, if you understand your flow and when you really get into flow, which for me is five to seven, um, I usually meditate between four 45 and five o'clock in the morning. I actually do the three types of meditation. I do the morning meditation. I do mindfulness in the middle of my day Mm -hmm. and I'll do creative visualization in the evening. Oh, nice. I, um, 
I've got this app called Mindfulness Bell or something like that. And I've used it for a long time um, just to say it makes this random gong throughout the day to make me just sort of think and look outside and stop thinking. But it hasn't been working for a while now and it's driving me nuts because I get to the oh. end of the day. I'm like, oh, no, it didn't gong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've got to work out what's going on because I really yeah. enjoyed that. Like being sometimes it came at the perfect time. I'd be dealing with something that was like super stressful and like like I was really like getting mad or something. And this phone on the, from the side of the room would be like Gong. Yeah. Yeah. and i'd yeah. like chill out i'd breathe i'd look outside like that reminder was just amazing um it's great yeah i was um i was just listening to an udemy course on neuroplasticity and he used that particular teacher used that gong um whenever he was given a long lesson and he thought your mind might be you know straying off or something he would that gong would instantly take whatever you're doing and it just focused right back on the lesson again it was really brilliant wow that is genius <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, how do I, how do I put this in the show notes? Gong app. No, I need to, I need to try and find out a good app. Maybe I will link it up um, because maybe I there's a Chrome extension. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, having it on your computer would work too. Wow. So we've got quite a few things um, we can do here. So sleep, standing up, and and controlling stress with meditation. Is there anything else um, with controlling stress? Like I, I just was thinking while you were talking, it sort of made me think about. Um, specifically only having distractions during certain times. And by that, I mean like email only in a certain window, you know, like I know some people will operate on their email all day. Like it'll be there. And as emails come in, that's like a distraction. So I've, and and often my biggest sources of stress come through email or some kind of message, whether it's like support or Facebook messages or something. Yeah. So I try to put them together in the one window. Is there merit in that? Uh, yes, it's called time blocking and it's very effective. I recently started using it myself. There's something called Pareto's principle that once you understand it, you'll be like, oh my God, you're right. That's, it just changes my life. <laughs> changes my life. I heard about Pareto's principle a couple of years ago, or a couple of years ago, but I started adopting it a couple months ago. So Pareto's principle basically says, uh, you know what? Work will fill itself without your productivity. Mm. Um, you'll always find something to click. You always find a new window to open. You always find a <laughs> Facebook ch- to check, right? Um, so the concept there is to take your phone, not just out of arm's reach, but out of the room. You don't want to hear a ding or dong or whatever sound it makes. You don't want to hear it vibrate, <laughs> right? And then you time block. Now you might think, well, I use Google Calendar. Isn't that time blocking? And not really. Google Calendar's, you know, for meetings and discovery calls and stuff. But time blocking takes it one step further. Um, you actually time block tasks, specific tasks you have to do. Like I need to review my books for the month or I need to review my prospect mm-hmm. list or whatever that is. Um, and then what I do now to double up on that is I match it with my um, Pomodoro app. So now I'm 25 minute meetings with five minute breaks. And now I, I'm just like hyper productive because of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Time blocking has been big for me. Like I, I recently created a, a course on um, automating your business using Zapier and there was no way I was able to, I would have been able to do that in the time I had done without time blocking. I basically mm-hmm. blocked out. It was like from when I woke up and meditated, which is usually like at that time it was like 6.30 um, through to basically midday or one o'clock whenever I felt like having lunch was um, video creation mm-hmm. and on Monday, Wednesday and Friday because I couldn't do it for five days. I'd freaking yes. melt. But um, that was crazy. Like the amount of videos I would get done in those, those blocks. Yeah hyper-productive because you know you had to get done because you knew the rest of the day was full. And you know what that also does? It organizes your brain and makes you way less stressed. Mm -hmm. You're not being reactive. You're being proactive in your business. And then 
not only do, are you more productive, your revenue will come because you'll see all this, these new products and services come out and um, mm-hmm. you're, if you're finished with your day like way faster, it's, it's amazing how this all comes together really fast with these general principles. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, after that block is the only time I would check email or whatever, have have that input. But the, in the afternoons could be, you know, lots and lots of distractions and email and stuff, but it didn't matter because the amount of stuff I had achieved in the morning was just so much more than I would have yeah. done. In Try to avoid your emails in the morning, everybody, if you're, yeah. you're listening to this and you're the first person, to, you know, you walk in and, and you check your emails first. That's, that is the worst thing you can do. It's the most self-gratifying because you're like, all oh, right, I just knocked off 13 emails. But it's the worst thing you can do because um, you're taking your most productive time is when you first get to the office uh, and you're doing it with the least productive activity, which is because usually mm-hmm. emails is you're responding to other people's requests of their time of you. And what you want to do during your flow time, during your most productive time, is fill that time that you need to demand of yourself to move your business forward, mm-hmm. not what other p- time that people are trying to take away from you. Uh, I think it gets James Shremko who says, um, your email is the to-do list that other people add to. Yes, that is a good is, way to say it. Yeah, and that, that sort of puts it in perspective, right? It's like, <laughs> get your so own true. stuff done. Uh, yeah. I, I can see there being several agency owners, especially freelancers, um, you know, where it's only them or maybe one other person being like, you know, I have to check email because my clients might have like problems. What would you say to them? I would say there's no problem with checking emails. It's just make a time for it and don't make it during your flow time. So most people's flow time is when they first get to the office, like, okay, my brain is ready to work. And then they check emails and uh, all of a sudden their emails just keep coming in and guess what? It's noon. It's time to take a lunch break and you never got what you wanted to do, do done. Yeah. Uh, email is an, an ultimate time suck. Um, kind of like content creation. It's just like <laughs> you can keep going and going because there's endless amount of emails and content that needs to be created. Yeah. Um, just, I usually check my emails between 10 and 11 in the morning. That gives me plenty of time to move my freelancers and my contractors forward to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Understand your flow state and your times and your rhythm. Absolutely. Wow. Well, yeah. And I mean, everyone's going to be a little bit different, like you said, with flow state. So it might take a bit of trial and error to find out when it is for you. Um, you know, I think I moved. My, I feel like back in the day, I was better at night and now I'm much better in the morning. Like I was definitely not a morning person and somehow I became one. Um, mostly because I wanted to get up at the same time as my fiance, she goes to work and all that. So I started going to bed at the same time as her and next minute, uh, turns out I'm actually pretty good in the morning because I'm actually going to bed at a normal hour. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. Um, I think we've covered a lot of helpful stuff there. Um, I don't really want to. I guess add more things on because otherwise people won't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. yep. um, is there anything we need to cover before we wrap this up? Um, you know, I think that was it. I mean, the top top few things I would say in terms of increasing your productivity instantly is get them get more sleep, stand up when you can at work, and if you can't do a kneeling chair, um, reduce your stress by a little bit of meditation. And you know, the one quick thing we didn't talk about is continue learning. Um, even if it's not, has nothing to do with work related. If, if you're learning something, new language, new sport, whatever, you're creating new neurons, your brain is becoming more plastic. It's, it will increase focus and productivity in other aspects of your life, including work. So now, boom, are you ready for this? I time block Friday mornings for learning. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you you totally set me up for that. So thank you. Uh, (laughs) uh, So Mike, how how do you help people? 
Well, um, I'm a, I own freelancermasterclass.com. So I coach a lot of freelancers, um, but mostly I'm an entrepreneur coach now. So I work with a lot of agency owners. I don't want to say a lot. I work for about a dozen agency owners and we talk about agency growth and um, agency productivity and all that stuff. So um, it really depends. I'll do a lot of coaching calls. I'll do a lot of marketing strategy, but um, you know, 80% of my work is entrepreneur coaching and accountability classes. Yeah, nice. And I know um, that you also talk about like getting high ticket clients, which is massive in this industry. Um, yeah. And I may just have to get you back on to to talk about that if you're interested. I would love to. Yeah, that's that'd be awesome. Fun. Cool. Um, well, yeah. So, guys, go check out freelancermasterclass.com and mikevolkin.com. So, that's Mike, V-O-L-K-I-N.com. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of I've actually been browsing through your sites before we jumped on on the call. So, um, cool. yeah, it uh, looks like you've been on some uh, pretty big podcasts and, and uh, yeah. media outlets as well. That's awesome. I have, yeah. Somehow <laughs> that, you know, experience, that, that happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You. Awesome. All right, Mike. uh, Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.